One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cut this bit in at the beginning. It's Thursday, which means it's time for the Front 3 Q&A podcast. The gang is all here. Well, Chris will be joining us soon enough anyway. I'm Adam Boltwood, alongside Lawrence McKenna. Good to have you back, Adam. Thank you. Uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's nice. been yeah. uh, a week, week and a bit, maybe. Uh, but it's good to yeah, be don't back. Don't worry, while you're away, we don't... We don't yeah, it's, 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 come on, Boltwood. Put more effort, mate, from you. What do you mean, mate? I've been working. Come, I've come been on, working come on, like mate. a Trojan horse. Out in the United oh, States with uh, with hashtag United. You know, they're a team. They're a thing. Adam, how can you work like a Trojan horse? I don't know. That's a that's a thing, isn't it? I, I think you just work like a Trojan. I think if you work I like, like to a add the horse, horse in there. You have lots of men inside you. It's more... <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Uh, Dave, you're here as well. <laughs> wow. It's wonderful <laughs> to speak to you and hear you once again. Yeah, I think I'm, uh, I'm slowly cracking conversation with myself today pretending to be um gareth southgate and gareth southgate's assistant talking about dealing with julian nagelsmann's germany so i think it's starting to get to a stage where i'm losing it that was in fact on the statman day football podcast so i'm gonna check that out when i'm going crazy you know go and listen to it it's brilliant nice plug nice plug do you go and check out the statman day football podcast um guys it is the q a podcast is where we answer your cues does what it says on the tin um, every Thursday. But before we get to that, as always, on the Q&A podcast, we've got to name the whole of the week. The prestigious honour, the man or woman who will be bestowed a box of beautiful Ferrero Rocher for their iTunes review. If you want to be in with a shout of being whole of the week, all you have to do, get on iTunes. The link is actually in the description of this very podcast. Rate and review the front three because it helps us out. You know, we like that. Uh, and you will be potentially in a chance of winning this prestigious prize. Um, there's actually three reviews this week we've got to talk about. Some interesting interesting comments, I've got it's to say. It's free to do a review. It is free. It's free of charge. Um, first yeah. up, we've got Arrow301. Uh, his review gives it five stars. Easily one of my favourite podcasts. Generally look forward to listening when it downloads to my iPod. Still got an iPod. I like that. Old school. Uh, hosts are always knowledgeable and have great topics and definitely know their football. Would recommend to any football fan. But in particular, it is a must-listen for EPL fans. All right, thank you very much for your review. Five stars. Um, the next review, uh, controversial. The title is In the Manchester United to Everton Bracket. This is by Orsamo uh, from the UK. On the plus side, 
I really like the vast majority of this podcast. The tactical analysis is superb. There's a wide array of there's a wide array of views, and the wannabe lad culture of other podcasts isn't shown here. Thank the Lord. I hate the football ramble. I hate the football ramble. Where it lets itself down a bit is the bickering between some of the hosts. People argue, that's fine, but there are a whole three to four minute spells sometimes of point scoring, which is tedious to hear at best. Guys, sometimes it's best to agree to disagree. And no, if this gets reads out, don't get all what, brave what, and start McKenna. slating me, pal. Constructive useless. criticism. Overall, this pod, in my opinion, is on the cusp of greatness. You need to iron out the squabbles and you'll go from perennial sixth places up to the Champion League spots straight away. Please feel free to contact me for my address details. I love Ferrero Rocher. Whew, deep breath. Interesting review from Orson. I, I respect that. As he says, it's constructive criticism. He's put something out there. He's put a bit of thought behind his review, you know. And I respect that. Mm -hmm. um, that is the second review of free, of course. Um, too much bickering. I'm not sure I agree necessarily, but I respect it all the same. Last review. Continue talking about MLS. You're says Pocketmaster6 from the United States. Great podcast, very informative, but you cannot imagine the joy I feel when I hear the MLS. He said the MLS, but I'll forgive it. Being mentioned, even better, was that it was not belittled or mocked, but rather explained as if it were any other league, which is very rare in most podcasts outside the US. Please continue doing this, and maybe others will learn to speak like you do. Pocketmaster, four stars. Thank you very much for your review. For me... Four stars! He's, he, yeah, oh, after hey. all those kind words, you did give it four out of five. I mean, no. the, 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 we, we spoke about the MLS, the but then the problem was that we didn't speak about it well enough. So exactly. at least we, we respected um, it, but not good. C can I also add one? Someone who's been doing, as they call it, God's work. Go on. You are. Um, so over the past week, uh, someone showed us a screenshot of a WhatsApp and someone said, uh, that team's got a great front three. And he just answers, great podcast. Oh, and the person is he's clearly very confused by this. Um, but it, it works. Uh, and they screenshot the it and sent it. So, Pippo, please, thank you very much for doing that. Nice one, Pippo, please. For me, though, lads, uh, I want to award the Ferrero Rocher to Orsamo, who has a problem with the bickering uh, for three to four minutes spells. It's very specific. But I like... The constructive criticism he's put some thought into that do you not think he, he he's so, earned wait, a date so is it a one one to two minutes is that all right but three to four is when it like steps over the line i think that's what he's just, trying to say oh. mate uh, he's specifically yeah, singled out those minute uh those time durations so i think you know, just rein it in a little bit and we'll be fine it, um to be fair it's, it's probably actually features like this which he, he hates on the podcast so <laughs> Is this bickering? Are we bickering right now? Um, I'll make an executive decision then. He is getting the Ferrero Rocher. Uh, please feel free to DM us on Twitter at the front free and you will get yourself a nice, beautiful box of six Ferrero Rocher. We don't want to go too far. We don't want to push that. Um, Can you buy six, not 12? Yeah, it's got to be six. I mean, it's like a little treat. You don't want to overindulge. You don't want it to be too much. Six is the perfect amount of Ferrero Rocher. You can share it. You can have it to yourself. Either way, it's perfect, man. You know would you sorry, Adam? Would you eat six for uh, this? Is again the kind of thing the review hates. Of course, would I would you eat I'm, six for To be fair, I'm not a big fan of Ferrero Rocher myself, ironically enough. Um, so I think you know one is the maximum. I'm like, yeah, it tastes all right, but it's not for me. Do you know what I mean? Not for me, Clive. Do you like Ferrero Rocher? Are you not a fan of Ferrero Rocher? Thanks, Garth. Lawrence? Uh, no, I'm massively into Ferrero Rocher. More of a lint man myself. You know those little lint chocolates you get. Love it. Ferrero Rocher. Oh, they are pretty decent. They, they they're pretty decent. addictive. I mean, sometimes I'll eat a whole tray of Ferrero Rocher in one <laughs> sitting. Jesus. Um, Double layer. Anyway, Orsamo, 
you've earned yourself those those beautiful six chocolates uh, do dm us on twitter at the front free let's get into the question guys so many interesting fascinating questions to get into sent in on twitter at the front free if you do want to get your questions in first up the main man luke door at black shadow 179 he says on a scale of one to ten how much did everyone miss big boltwood great question luke dave what are you saying Oh, I gave it a zero, mate. Zero You're out of ten. You actually serious, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I did it on Twitter, mate. You can see it. There's evidence and everything. Yeah, I, but if I can't you, go back anymore. If you let down your facade, <laughs> you know, you're, you're putting on a little uh, bravado, <laughs> yeah, and you actually a big boy. you let the audience into your heart, deep into your no, heart. Dave, what would be? I'll do answer? that, mate. Can't I can't let the you know I'm already defending my position as it is as a statistician in football, Adam. Any more you know any more room I give to the world, it, you know, it'll put me into such a backward position. I'll never recover. Dave, come on, mate. Don't be afraid to show your feelings. I, I show don't your know emotions. what that means. <laughs> <laughs> nah, to be fair, I'm, I'm more afraid of the, the hair incident that will be at the end of the season, uh, Boltman, but it's great to have you back. Your voice, is, you. as always, Thank is you. soothing as ever. Mm. Uh, Lawrence, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much did you miss me? 10, mate. Absolutely 10. Um, I, I do enjoy hosting the podcast, yeah. um, but, I mean, at the same time, it was 10 of missing you. Thank yeah. you. My, my, the main issue is what we've done is we've taken a review and you've said thanks for the constructive criticism we've taken the constructive criticism torn it up and then just gone off on lots of tangents yeah but he didn't have a problem with tangents he never said the word i have a problem with tangents he said bickering specifically point scoring are we point scoring right now nope. i mean we literally are because i'm well, asking I'm, to rank I'm, how much you missed yeah. me <laughs> on the scale I mean. no, at the same time you also tried to just score a point to because you were trying to make an opposite point to mine one nil to you true i mean we've got to yeah. listen but to then this i made a point back, back so who wins? We'll never know. Um, Luke oh, also the right, asks, the right wing. personal highlight from the hashtag talk. Luke, great question once again. I think the personal highlight for me was going to see Atlanta United. Their second ever home game. Fantastic experience. The atmosphere was incredible. I wasn't expecting it to be quite so... I wasn't expecting the crowd to be quite so passionate. Like I said, it was the second ever home game, yet there was 50,000 people there. Um, it was Atlanta United versus uh, Chicago Fire, who unfortunately, well, maybe fortunately, got a man sent off earlier on in the game, which opened it up. It ended up being 4-0. Um, so it's very exciting. You know, it's great fun. So for me, that was a personal highlight. And that's what Atlanta's all about. You know, nothing else at all. Next question. Do you go is... to any strip clubs? I'm asking Kyle. How Next many question is from Gushan at Gushan. I, for hate, I hate lad banter. Man. I hate lad banter. Lads, uh, lads, lads. Who do you think will be the next player to win the Ballon d'Or after Messi and Ronaldo? It's the eternal question. Messi lines. Junior. I mean, there's got to be someone before that. You know, Messi's not going to be playing on into his 40s, into his 50s. Surely no, the answer's know. staring us in the face. It's obvious. It's Harry Deli Alley. Kane. Oh, right. Ah. Maybe if we were um, being serious and we took off the old Spurs hat, we'd say Neymar. We saw the performance against Am PSG. I wearing a Spurs hat again? I don't know. I am, personally. I always wear one. Um, it's got to be Neymar, Lawrence. Balding. There's no questioning with it. I mean, it would just be, uh, if you think about it, every era, if you take Ronaldo and Messi out of it, there's probably so many people. We were talking today with uh, another journalist about... Um, about how many football players won it before all those two as well. Pavel Nedved won it at one point. That it sort of shows the diversity within Europe, and Big people don't even seem to discuss Serie A anymore when it comes down to these sort of things. So, um, yeah, I think uh, definitely him. I think there'd probably be a couple of Premier League stars. I imagine there'd probably be a shout for at that point maybe the likes of Gareth Bale if they improve and become more prominent within the team. 
Bruce, those sort of guys. Um, there's lots of people who, and then by, of course, obviously by the time we're in, now they're in uh, Messi retire, Emre Chan will be at the peak of his career at Bayern Munich, so that'd be great. <laughs> That's very true. Um, Dave, is there anyone for you that rivals the likes of Neymar, the likes of Gareth Bauer? Who's your pick to be the, the heir to the throne, if you will? I think it's got to be Neymar at the moment, hasn't it? He's really showing that form. Uh, carrying Barcelona in a creative sense this season in La Liga, he's created more chances than any other player um, in you know in the current campaign in terms of assisting open play as well. He's uh, joint top with Marcelo, so he, his impact um, for them in, in La Liga has been huge, and we know what he's done in the Champions League. He pretty much carried them through that game against PSG, while scoring the penalty, scoring the free kick, and that cracking assist for the, the winner. It, that was Neymar's Barcelona, not Messi's Barcelona. So it's an interesting transition of, of world football. But he needs to, obviously, this goal scoring needs to go up for him to, to take the Ballon d'Or. But he's got everything else at the moment, creativity. Um, the decision-making is massively improved for Neymar as well, which is imp- important. And he's, he's for Brazil as well. They're the first team to qualify for the World Cup apart from Russia. So obviously Neymar's carrying them as well. So he's doing a, a lot of hard work this season. Great answer. Um, Maybe next- Coutinho? Mm-hmm. Maybe um, maybe Adam, Barcelona. Uh, maybe Dave, maybe it's Adam Lallana. Uh, no, he's injured now, man. On Lionel Messi, the, Cal- the question game. comes in from Callum. He says, "What do we make of Messi's red card fiasco?" Is how he describes it. <laughs> um, Lionel Messi, uh, after the defeat to Chile, handed a four-match ban. He uh, apparently called. Uh, the ref- referee's assistant, he said to the referee's assistant, your mother's shell. Um, if you can kind of figure out what that translation is in terms of rude words, shell. paint yourself a decent picture, but it's a little bit rude. And the I four mean, don't game paint a is... picture of it, mate. Yeah, this is true, Lawrence. It'd be a bit messy, wouldn't it? Don't pa- yeah, don't paint a messy picture of his mother's shell. <laughs> now, he said he never directed shell it. shell collector? He said he never directed it at the referee. Not he said shell. he directed it to the air. You know, that was his excuse. He was just sort of cursing, letting some steam off. But, you know, he's like letting some steam off. You do that sometimes. You say, oh, fucking hell, you know, you don't necessarily direct it to someone's face. Uh, I mean, yeah, Dave, you you're not buying that. Dave, you're clearly not buying that. No, I'm not buying oh, it. Yeah. You, you see him, he, t- he looks over and he, goes, he, sh- he screams at the lino, screaming at him. It's I mean, yes, there is that, that visual evidence. At the same time, come on, come on, guys. I mean, guys let's there. not be too. Uh, have you never, have you never looked, have you ever had been having a hard day and you just looked at him and just thought, your mother shell it's just it's it really is just the most natural reaction to i just what's the english tra- what's like the, what's like the mo- the closest we get to an english translation are you ready to beat this i mean i can beep it mate i can beep it uh, then it's probably going to be something along the lines of your mum it's your mother's jesus i think it's i think it's i think it's yeah i think it's a yeah mate dave you could just say vagina um <laughs> but i mean the thing is, Dave, Dave has to use lewd words to no, refer no, no, to women's was, body tra- parts because no, he doesn't respect the them. No, Dave, the no, thing Lawrence, is, Lawrence, Lawrence, no, that was the translation that I got from Google. Wow, more like sex me. man, Dave. <laughs> I'm just reading what Google's telling me, which is which is a little bit incorrect and wrong. But Dave, it's just did Google trans- tell you that word? Yeah, that's what it said when I put it in. All right, mate. Rude. The thing wow. is, though, Dave, even if he did direct these insulting words at the referee. Mm-hmm. As he is accused of, as he's been found guilty of, four match ban though. Really, four matches. It's, it's quite big. It's quite, but it you know maybe you've got to set a precedent for Lionel Messi. You know he can't be doing this type of thing. And maybe a one game 
match ban wouldn't have been enough to put the point across. So, you know, the, the, there is the rules and there's regulations and obviously they found a way to, to ban him for four games, which is for the rules. So it's fine. for me, it's fine. But it leaves Argentina in a pretty precarious place. They're currently in fifth position in the, I think it's in where they've got to play a qualifier against the um, Oceania Asian I think maybe one of those teams, maybe New Zealand will have to play Argentina in the playoff for the World Cup. But that's where they are at the moment with a few games. They've got to put in some performances without Lionel Messi. This is the thing though, Dave. They're not going to qualify, are they? It's over. <laughs> Come on, man. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. It's a pretty bang average um, Argentina team without Aguero, without Messi. Um, you know, you do see the, the quality does really drop with the central midfielders. I think one of the central Aguero midfielders Canelli. have played... In the second, uh, he's injured, isn't he? Injury prone. In the second game, was playing in Mexico. You know, put playing his trade in Mexico. Gone are the days of those players playing in, in you know, sort of top European leagues. It's an interesting one. Argentina seems to be in a really weird space in football, like half transitioning, half not transitioning. Still on the back of Lionel Messi. There's another question, Dave. I think this is for you. Um, Owen says thoughts on Mahmoud Dahoud's move to Borussia Dortmund. Well, I, uh, I did address this earlier, Adam, and I, I, to be honest, right, not... this is Just plug a, the podcast, mate, plug the podcast. It's not a slight at Liverpool, it's not a slight at uh, Liverpool fans. Why the hell they haven't even considered making a move for Dahoud? I don't know whether, you know, they, they should have maybe, Jurgen Klopp should have come out and, and praised the fella or whatever, then they should have... Dave, made I, Dave, I, I, Dave, they actually did, and I think the whole point is that uh, he rejected them, chose someone else, chose Dortmund, allegedly, so... Well... It's unfortunate for you, Lawrence, because he would have been perfect to unlocking a deep-packed midfield. Um, a really good player on the ball, really good at sort of quick tempo passing, can get the tempo going in that final third, and would have been perfect for Liverpool. I don't, I don't think there's a more perfect central midfielder for Liverpool right now to solve their current problems. Well, apparently, uh, Liverpool are going to go for Teal. Is it Tealmans? Yuri Tealmans. Tealman, yeah, Tealmans. It'd be a, a good signing, yeah. but then. But I, Apparently, the whole world is looking at Real Madrid, Barcelona, thing, Man United. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, Dahoud also just looks like such a badass. He looks like such a good, he looks like the kind of player that, you know, I mean, imagine Dahoud's hair and Emre Chan's hair in the same team. Just <laughs> Mr. Uh, Inconsistent uh, with a decent player. Uh, yeah, but I mean, don't talk about Dahoud like that, mate. <laughs> well, since the start of last season, he's registered more assists in the Bundesliga than any player under 23. So he's got a decent record there. And, and Dortmund, just looking at what they've got um, in the next few years, is is a little bit frightening in What's a way. What's the attraction to Dortmund, do you think? I mean, apart from obviously w working in Dortmund, they don't offer big wages, mm. but they do offer development. I think what they've done well is that they've they've started to slowly assemble these players. You know, you think of someone like Pasolak that's come through the academy, same with Pulisic. That's probably been a long-term plan. That's been a three to four, five-year, six, seven, eight-year plan that they want to start bringing these players through. The likes of signing one and then building that momentum, you know, I think the signing of this summer, they have done they did really well to sign the likes of uh, Moore, Dembele and Guerrero to, to sort of start that generation. You know what I mean? So, if you've got a group of young players and you're a young player from another club, it's a lot more appetising to say you can fit in with these guys and we'll win the Champions League together. You know, they're building this model for the future. And it, I think that's quite attractive, you know, against not nothing against Liverpool again, but what young players have Liverpool got at the moment that Dahoud could go, OK, right, you're 21, I'm 21. We can really do big things here. You know, you, the, the likes of Coutinho Mane are in that, you know, the, the, wage, the wage bracket, the age bracket above. All these players that Dortmund have bought are of similar age and of similar quality. Think of that midfield, Dahoud and uh, Julian Weigel. 
that's insane. That is so much quality with the ball at their feet. Dave, You've got a guy that can tall, do it in the final third. You've got a guy that can do, do it in front of his defence. Do you at all think that players see it as... I mean, I mean, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? I mean, they're not going to be able to command those massive wages. And so at some point, they are, they're, they're going to have to face the same reality they're faced with all the other players who got stripped away from the club. And mm. it seems, I mean, maybe it's that they like the, you know, they like living in Germany, maybe. You know, maybe they like living, uh, in, you know, in Dortmund or area ahead of living in Merseyside or Manchester. But it's sort of hard to see that pitch. Maybe it's, I think there's got to be something that Dortmund's building which is either that they say, look, we'll build you up to be a certain player and then we'll sell you on and, you know, we're a great club to, to be end up at, uh, uh, you know, you'll end up at Munich or you'll end up in Madrid or, you know, you'll end up at Liverpool in the end. But come here first and we'll give you an education because it's very difficult to see why, you know, someone be attracted to, say, Tuchel ahead of maybe, uh, not Klopp, I mean, Klopp is a great coach, but, you know, a Chelsea or a Manchester United or anyone because, let's face it, a lot of these players were not only Liverpool targets, they were targets for other teams too. Mm, I think it's a good one, but it's a fantastic thing that Thomas Tuchel's building and it will, you know, they will be competitive in the Bundesliga next season. You know, slightly inconsistent. Yeah, it would be great, wouldn't it? I tell you what, sir, I'll buy you three cars, two magazines a week and a box of Snacker Jacks. Sold. Uh, wow. That's the Jackson, worst Jimmy Savile impression I've ever heard. <laughs> Uh, Chris Hennish joining us Chris from uh, New York. Yeah. Just yeah. jumping in Woo. there. Chris, Woo. all right. Back again. Like the renegade oh. master. <laughs> right, true, Jordy. Um, Chris, we've got uh, some questions <laughs> coming in. Uh, I'm going to address the next one to you, mate. Um, Sean yeah. Kirk says, why does the statue of Cristiano Ronaldo at Madeira Airport look more like Niall Quinn than the world's best player. Um, it was quite something, wasn't it? It created quite a stir, didn't it, Chris? It did. It looked um, looked nothing like him, to be frank, um, which is awkward. Um, I've, I've seen some quotes attributed to the sculptor. Yes. In which he basically says, everyone's a critic. He says um, that Ronaldo approved of the statue and said, uh, really? it's impossible to please the Greeks and Trojans, not even Jesus pleased everyone. Which is fair enough, I guess. Did he compare himself to Jesus? I'm very bold. He's humble, mate. He's can, a we humble just say, can, can we also just say at the same time, Jesus pleased some people. This statue literally pleases no one. All right? Is you know, Hitler pleased no one. It yeah. probably pleases Messi yeah. fans, to be fair. Yeah, yeah oh, I'm sure they point, I'm sure they got something out of it. Um no, apparently Ronaldo. Do you think, do you think that's Saw the funny side though. Apparently, he approved. He, there was a few minor alterations he uh, he wanted to make. Uh, maybe should have made some major alterations. <laughs> I'd uh, I'd suggest. Um, but there it is, sitting at There's the new uh, Cristiano Ronaldo airport in Madeira. What, what do you What do you think of this? Well, there's uh, there's definitely a few minor alterations. Start again, mate. <laughs> yeah, he was trying to be polite. <laughs> he thought yeah. maybe just start um, again. Let's start from Quinn scratch. Come to Madeira. Genuinely, I think Niall Quinn's uh, probably really grateful because it's opened up an entire generation to him. Exactly. No one knew who he was from a younger generation until yesterday. So. In the generation of like 3D uh, printing and stuff, though. That's and, the thing. Just you know, print it we off. can literally we can map ahead to within a millimeter. But it's not what artistic. The hell? To be fair, where's <laughs> the artistic <laughs> merit in that, Lawrence? You know, this is an artistic uh, expression. Yes, it's got a few flaws, but it's you know it's a art. few. 
it's got minor flaws, according to Cristiano Ronaldo. But you know, it's art. Do you know what I mean? It's genuinely looks okay. like he's had a stroke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's fair enough. It's fair enough. Um, moving swiftly on, uh, Gary Goals himself at Dayson 1996 says, "Who would you rather have at your club, Sane, Leroy, or the and head Sane, of Ronaldo. or the bust of Niall Quinn? No, Leroy Sane <laughs> or Usman Dembele? It is a great question. Um, I am going to say Usman Dembele. Lawrence, what are you saying?" I'll probably go Usman Dembele as well. I think Liverpool would really... Oh, I just think he'd fit in. He'd just slot right in. Wow. Um, Chris... And Daniel Sturridge could then leave. Um, I am really happy with Matt Ritchie. Um, probably Dembele because he feels a bit more versatile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's, that's the key. I mean, they're both fantastic players. And it's it's much of a muchness to separate them. I think the thing that pushes Dembele over the line, if you will, is that uh, he has that positional versatility and ambidextrousness with his, his feet. So that really adds to it for me. Dave O'Brien, what are you saying? I, I think it's a clean sweep, Usman Dembele. But I think the Leroy Sane showed some good form in the last few uh, months, really fitting into Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. A little bit older as well than Usman Dembele. I think Usman Dembele has more talent. In the Bundesliga this season, he's played a key pass or registered assist on average every 32 minutes, which is a pretty incredible record. Really involved in, Bundes in the Bundesliga and Dortmund's attacking play. So, yeah, Dembele over Sane, but Sane's starting to play well. That's why he's here. The stat man himself. Uh, next question uh, is from Ollie At Ollie Shep 97 can Bastian Schweinsteiger help Chicago Fire win the World Cup, Chris? Is the question on everyone's lips. What what happened? <laughs> what happened yesterday? What was going on? Um, the Telegraph have done an interview with the journalist in question. I think it was perhaps a miscommunication. Um, it clearly someone was that wasn't fluent in football, and I think maybe they confused the World Cup with the Club World Cup which, again, would require Chicago to win the Champions League in uh, North America. So yeah, either way. Either way. It, it, to be honest, it's tough because I feel like that moment is projected around the world as US soccer, in inverted commas. Yeah. There's a lot of really talented journalists in this country, a lot of very good writers who... He said, think speaking would have asked, in a third person... Um, a lot right now in America at this very moment but only right now and a lot of them need green cards specifically um, in New York but, but I'm Fifth talking Avenue. domestically um, jokes on you I'm at World Trade Center show some respect uh, I, I think can I just say what it, I do respect that I just want to make that very clear <laughs> what it boils down to is they also I don't know if this was the same person so I'm going to make that clear he was also asked if he was going to use this move as a chance to run a, the, the national team, like have another go. And obviously he had to kind of inform them that he'd retired. Um, look, it, it wasn't a great moment for US soccer. I think in, in, a, in a funny need for, be it newspapers, outlets, whatever, to have a soccer person on board. Because yes, you know, this is a fundamental and basic mistake. And I, I don't contest that. 
I think that if you want that will actually get you clicks or whatever metric you're, you're looking for, it would really help to have someone that knows the sport and can talk about it in an intelligent way. Um, or at least, you know, ask a question that's slightly probing um, towards him. That is quite probing. I haven't I seen mean, the press conference in full, so I don't know what else was asked. It's interesting. It's the a point, bit of a weird one. But it's interesting it's the point he raises, one. Chris, is it's unfortunate that, you know, people sort of see that as, oh, God, MLS, you know. Well, people ask why you don't take this league seriously because of questions like that. And it's like a blanket judgment based upon one uninformed journalist. And it seems like a harsh, uh, sort of harsh judgment. Well, definitely. But then, it, well, it also just seems a little bit unusual. I, I mean, it's 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 sort of a Was funny a moment. Stunt, probably, you know? No, I mean, why would it be a stunt? There are probably also a lot of, um, there are probably a lot of people in a lot of press conferences who ask silly questions. And most of the time, it just isn't, released um because you know maybe they don't want to humiliate someone or all sorts of things i think if you're in a press conference more often than not which Kristen is more than any of us on the podcast you'll probably realize a lot of stupid questions are asked in press conferences or questions where someone's misread something the the, the, the worrying thing is that if they did write the question and mean the club world cup then the answer still would be no why would i want to win the club world cup here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Very true. Never is a true word been said. Dave, this question is very specifically for you. Sandini at Santiago Maza. Great name. Do you consider player ratings from stat websites such as Squawker and the website that should not be named who scored to be a good metric of a player's overall performance? Yes, because I built the metric. Did you actually? Yep. If you took your narcissistic uh, hat no, off. No, absolutely not. Cool. cool. <laughs> no, I think it was a good metric three years ago when we put it together, but I think the problem is that the development of that performance score, as it's called, um, was there was no real time spent doing that. So unfortunately, it's kind of fallen behind where it was. It was massively revolutionary. We were using data uh, in a massive level in football before a lot of you know front-facing companies were doing. Yeah, I imagine teams would have done the same thing potentially but we were getting calls from clubs who were like you know using our website to compare players and so forth using our score because it was so in depth it broke down every single event on the football pitch that's taken and it scored the events accordingly in terms of their frequency in terms of their importance on a football pitch in terms of area in terms of position how it's you know success fail whether it was a curling shot and so forth so it was one of the most you know it was so fresh that metric but unfortunately the time and the development wasn't spent to 
improve it to where we wanted it to go. Um, you know, one of the good improvements we could have made was, uh, you know, to flash it out, out of a 10 score. We had some idea of how we wanted to do that, how we wanted to normalize the data and, you know, break the out a 10 rating down that way. You'd be getting the, the average six for a certain performances and obviously it improved certain ways. Uh, it favored, it didn't really favor a position, which was one of the big things that we were trying to push. We were trying to make it equally flat across from goalkeeper to uh, a striker to a midfielder and so forth. So it was a really good score, but unfortunately not enough time developed on it. In terms of the who scored, I'd say it's massively um, weighted by how many actions a defender does or how many action, actions an attacker does, which unfortunately kills the uh, kills the, the metric. What they should potentially do is look at it in a way where they're scoring it based on the position of the event, not just on that. There needs to be more information than just that. It looks a little bit too heavy on that if I were to... Uh, tell you about it without looking into the the you know the building blocks that make it up together. But that's about that for Adam. You know that's you know we can't give him any more in information. Depth. I like it. Because um, um, <laughs> it's secrets, Adam. On on the same topic, essentially, uh, I feel a bit weird reading this out. Uh, Rayber Q says, "What is Statman Daddy's favorite stats?" <laughs> <sighs> I feel just wrong reading that. It just feels wrong. Do you know? Basically, you you just spoke. Stephen Housen has just spoken through you. He's done that. That's even worse now, Jesus. He, he's done that. He's inside of you right now, Adam. He's causing trouble. Please, oh, never say that ever again. Um, <laughs> what is your uh, favourite stat? I quite like chances created at the moment, or shots on target. The basic stats. Mate, like there's got to be stats. a better stat than that. Come on. I don't know. Like, I quite like what they could do with distance covered, but all the distance covered data you get is all absolute rubbish. What about expected goals? Nah, not for me, mate. I think it's a decent model, but it's a model that's got limitations. I'd say my player for performance score was better if you were applying that to a gambling market than using expected Ooh. goals for an application. Ooh. Look at it's me. Like my that. model was better, eh? Jeez. <laughs> That's like your trumpet it? somewhat, yeah? Well, yeah, it's been apparently one of the guys, well, someone was using it from the website to bet until it was rather successful. So, you know. Hmm, inside, a, inside a trading tip there. Um, Luke Dorr once again with a question. Send in some great questions. How does everyone, mainly you, Lawrence, see the Merseyside derby turning out? There's a lot of injury, he says. Injuries, basically. Um, Lawrence, how are you feeling going into this one? Lot of injuries. Crucial game. Season defining, if I wanted to, you know, apply some hyperbole. What you said. Uh, yeah, definitely if you wanted to apply hyperbole. Um I mean a lot of big injuries. Uh, most notable being Seamus Common on Everton's side. Uh, in the last week obviously had his leg broken, which is we all saw that horrific uh tackle. But not only that, I think there's some players that maybe Everton were looking to build a little bit more around. Uh, you know, the likes of Schneiderlin, Yannick Balassi. Uh, James McCarthy, etc. Um, I mean, you could put Finis Murray and Bessic in there, but yeah, sure. Um, and then with Maurice Liverpool, picked up an injury as well, Loz, on Argentina duty. Um, uh, what's he called, Funus Murray? Yeah, he's I out said for the rest said, of the season. Yeah, so he's got a, he's got a. a did I just say? His, I thought I just said his name. Anyway, um, yeah, away in Argentina duty. Uh, Stop points and then obviously, for Lawrence, yeah. On, yeah, good point. But then for Liverpool, obviously, the big loss for them is Adam Lallana, uh, who is out for maybe a month, uh, you know, uh, maybe less, maybe more. I think a lot of people, you know, Mourinho's expressed his frustration at international friendlies. Uh, you know, Klopp sort of, in a very sort of passive um, or positive way, 
acknowledge that they have to go on and they have to fit in somehow and there's no point in complaining about it so it is what it is it's unusual let's all note the fact that Jurgen Klopp is once again glossing over an injury to a prominent player just for future reference um uh, yes, there are a lot of injuries, but at the same time, I think both squads, um, both managers have made the best, or at least are, are showing that there are certain games where they can make the best tactically of some of these players, if not consistently, which is what makes this one such an exciting match, because um, both sets of managers have probably got the tools to take apart the other. Liverpool's back line in recent years has been very shaky when it comes against, comes up against a big striker. Um, when I mean big, I mean someone who um, pushes uh, and is, is more physical. Um, and is willing to drive at them uh, and is skilled with their feet. So Lukaku fits into that perfectly. Um, and I also think it's, it is possible to expose Liverpool's flanks, even if they're two reasonably solid fullbacks. Uh, and then you can look at Everton the other way. I think Liverpool will uh, probably uh, get some joy against this side because they're not just going to go and sit back. Um, and they also have the confidence of knowing that in the past they've taken this Everton team apart with very similar personnel. So... It's a fascinating, it's a fascinating tie, um, and after the international break, it makes it even more unpredictable. If you were to boil down those points uh, and those eloquent musings into a Liverpool score mate. prediction, <laughs> oh right, okay, um, uh, it's, I'm going to say three-one Liverpool in the end. Oh, okay, Tasty. I reckon Lukaku's going to. I think Zlatan will get a goal in this one, mate. Sorry, that would lift them up only to third um, before all the other teams play. But, um, yeah, sure. Top but even then, I mean, even then, it's better to a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Adam, I never, I don't know what that means. I've never known what that means. Well, it means if you if you've caught a bird, mm. then it's better than knowing that there are two hiding in the undergrowth that you could catch. So right. it's better to have the points than not to have the points, but know that you could <laughs> get the points. Very well said. Um, here's a question from RCTI Dadbot. Wow, these names. Um, who is Larry's Mabila? Who is Larry's Mabila? That's a great question. Uh, does, does anyone Sorry, know? What? He's just said all caps. Who is Larry's Mabila? Any Mabila? Any ideas? Anyone? This is going to sound weird, but I can't see the spelling. I don't actually know what it is. Mabiala potentially. Um, according uh, to Wikipedia, he's a Congolese footballer who plays for Turkish Super League club Kayserispor. Um, has he become like a meme in the last while or something? Is he is he, is he a meme now? Do you think that's that we're getting trolled? I don't know. Is some sort of meme? Is this some sort of Chinese meme? I feel behind on the times. I'm I'm not like one of the cool kids who knows like the football memes. You know? Is this is this a mem? Is this a meme? Um, apparently Port- Portland Timbers have signed him ah well I wish Kristen was here yeah I wish he hadn't uh, disconnected earlier um, moving swiftly on we'll, we'll, we'll get to that when he comes back on the uh, when he finally gets some signal um, yeah, Kristen question... who's, who's Laris Mabila <sighs> we're just like really he'll go into one and just disconnect halfway through um, here's a question it's all about Romelu Lukaku um, sure. Sands at Sands HD. Thank you very much for your question. Would Lukaku be willing to join Manchester United, seeing as Mourinho is there and he didn't have any faith in him at Chelsea? Clearly, um, Dave. He's going to Chelsea. He's going to Chelsea. Um, I don't know. It depends. But you know, there is murmurings that Mourinho either likes you or doesn't like you. Um, and if he 
not forced to Lukaku on, but sold him um, as an asset. Would he want to bring him back and would he want to work with him again? I don't know. You never know with Mourinho. I don't, I don't, I've never met with Mourinho. I don't know what his mannerisms are like, Hard whether he would him. take another player in. In terms of Lukaku, he'd fit into Manchester United in terms of what he is as a striker. There's a really interesting one that just sort of crept up on me in terms of stats. He's completed more dribbles than any other Everton player. I know that he does drop in the old step over before banging the ball home, but I didn't realise he constantly does step overs and constantly beats men, which is something that he's massively improved on this season. Last Jake, season, does, does, does shooting at the end of a dribble count as completing a dribble? Well, it depends if you've uh, beaten a man. If you dribble past an opponent and then, then, you, then you've shot, that'll be two events. If you dribble past two opponents and then shot, obviously three and so forth. So it does does count, but you have to have completed that dribble, completed the with the ball past the opponent. But it's, it's an interesting one. Lukaku, what he'd, he'd bring to United would be just another forward. But if Zlatan, there's been rumours today, or not rumours today, murmuring from Zlatan saying... He doesn't want to leave a job unfinished at Manchester United by job potentially means a league title. Obviously, how many league titles he's won in his career? I think it was you know he's rolling league cup, mate. He, he's got the league cup on his own, pretty much. But back, you know he's got that back. already. Back to back. The league goals, what Lukaku would bring. Gary goals to Manchester. When he says finish the job, he means score twenty this season. <sighs> we'll, see that, we'll see about that. There's what eight games left. He's gonna have eight games to play in. And He's got he, eight games to play. And if he bags five, this Barnet is going to be pretty shocking. You're done, so. bro. Um, I actually think it's going to look quite good, you know. I think, I've, right. yeah, I've made peace of it at this current time. Um, wow. You know, I you know don't want to. Yeah. You can only be disappointed by hope, do you know what I mean? So I've made peace with it in order to, you know, it's just going to happen now. It's fine. I, I, I don't want to get my hopes up, you know. No, you really are the Dalai Lama, aren't you? In many ways. Um, next question <laughs> from Oscari Ka- Kajava. Oscari Kajava. Oh, so good with these names. Not sure what this one means either, but I like it a lot. Can you win the World Cup with your five-a-side team? Uh, I think what he's trying to make—he's trying to make fun of the journalists, isn't he? Right. Yes, it all makes sense now. Satire. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or um, satire, as you would call it. But if we were to take it literally, um, because, it could, you know, who knows? It's, it's typed out. You, you can't type sarcasm. I can't detect it. Um, could you win the World Cup, the actual World Cup, with your five-a-side team, Lawrence? Should we make a... I mean, if there was a five-a-side team that could win the World Cup, what, what would it look like? Oh, well, you know, obviously Neymar's in it. Obviously Messi's in it. Is it? Is it? I mean, I say obviously, but now I'm starting to second guess myself. You need a bit of defence in there. You're five against 11. <sighs> Ingola Kante's in there. You know, two players. Think about it. There's one man to finish off the four men of the outfielders. Yeah. Oh, God. What a time to bring that back. <laughs> Can we, like, reappropriate that song for a new player now who deserves it more than Mario Gomez? Because he's. <laughs> Davis fading into a We need to reappropriate. Think, I don't think you understand what you're what you're saying right now, mate. I want you to re you know, just think about it. Think whether okay. you're know, listen, Dave. Right I don't want to. I don't want to bicker with you for three or four minutes. I don't want to start point scoring. So I will. It's already been one minute it. thirty, Adam. That you've said that horrible thing about Mario Gomez. Okay, Mario Gomez is in the team. Uh, <laughs> single Manuel Neuer. Listen, we're not going to win the World Cup with a five-sided team. Mario Gomez in it. So you know. What's the point? You've sabotaged this team, mate. 
consistency, mate. Always scored goals wherever he's been. Scoring goals uh Wolfsburg now. Incredible. How many goals you got this season then? Uh, multiple. <laughs> Very specific. Um, that is our five-a-side team. Uh, Manuel Neuer, uh, Messi, Neymar, Mario Gomez and N'Golo Kante. An awful, awful selection. I'm sure you'll agree. Um, here's an interesting question from J. James Alwood. With the evolution of tactics, you know, that old chestnut, will we see old formations recycled to great success? Are they going to come back in fashion, Dave? You know? All now it's about the back three. You know, look at me, I'm playing free at the back. Maybe the old 4-4-2 is coming back next season. What do you say? Be back, mate. The 4-4-2 is back. The 3-4-3 is back. And the 3-5-2 is still living the dream. But I think the 3-4-3 is a really interesting one. Because the last time that was around was around 2001. When Bayern Munich won the Champions League. They played a uh, you know a 3-4-3 or a 5-4-1 uh, formation. But I think it's an interesting one. I think football could go the way of the diamond, could come back in um, with real uh, popularity. It's uh, it's how it moved last time. But again, football is all about a fluid motion. Again, at the top level, 4-3-3 and a 4-2-3-1. You can't really look past that formation You know, when you're playing Champions League semi-finals. So it's, it's an interesting one. But I think the 3-4-3, the three, three, I can't wait to, for Chelsea to be in the Champions League and to really have that formation tested out. Because I don't think Dortmund's is as defensively well set out as Chelsea's is. So it's going to be a good one next season, I think. Do you think he'll still be playing that formation next season? Conte, yeah, definitely. I think if you, I think that Mourinho will start playing the, that system. I think other managers in the Premier League will start adopting it. Just because it's really I good on the counter-attack. Got, is Mourinho going to do it? I feel like... I know he's... He's already started, mate. <sighs> I feel like... It's already coming. Adam, it's already coming, mate. His personal pride wouldn't let him copy Antonio Conte consistently. But consistently, do you know what I mean? I think it's not like a... I think the 3-4-3 situationally is quite good when you're in the right situation. If you've got a lead, it's a really good formation to put in. Because as teams obviously chase the game, they're going to throw another striker on. They're probably going to play a 4-4-2. A 3-4-3 is a great uh, counter-attacking option for that formation. You think of the you know the back seven players could probably deal with an attacking four four two, and then you've got the two wide players and a striker to counter attack, usually three on three. So it's kind of like the old school four four one one that Mourinho used to play for Inter Milan. This is where this is just where football's gone, and this is what the system is that Mourinho will adopt uh, to break on teams. I think and it was, it's interesting. Whether I'm wrong, I don't know, but I think it's it's the right way to go. Conte showed that it's the right way to go. How he's winning the Premier League is because of that system. That is the only reason. Fair play to him. Um, here's a great question from John Shin, the big man, at Mr. John Shin. Fellas, exclamation mark, the Confederations Cup is fast approaching. Yes, it is. Thoughts on this tournament? Lawrence, should we be paying attention to the Confederations Cup? Should we be ignoring it? Uh, I mean, there's a number of reasons why you could look at the Confederations Cup. Uh, Name three. Main reasons to look at it. Well, main reasons to look at it, um, where it's going to be hosted, Russia, um, a country which is incredibly um, mm-hmm. politically divisive mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of people around the world, but it also a country where there are a huge number of the population who, on a day-to-day basis, probably deal with the political climate, but don't necessarily have um, direct contact with you know the politicians who are at the very centre of it. Um, you know, there's, I think, uh, that there are... Um, Am I wrong? Or, am I wrong or right in saying there are one, two, three, four, 
there's quite a few uh i think it's is it three or four cities are going to be testing it in here i think there's four there's st petersburg four? moscow kazan think, yeah, and sochi uh, so- which is sochi, quite yeah. far away from each other uh yeah, I mean, there, there's the logistics. The whole point of the Confederations Cup is to logistically get um, a tournament up and running. So I think it's going to be partly about uh, showing the PR side of Russia. Um, and I think we should all be very cynical about that in the way that we are cynical with other uh, countries. I think a lot of people are very cynical with South Africa. They're very cynical uh, with Brazil. Uh, they're less cynical with Germany because Germany wasn't so politically divisive now. But I think, you know, uh, maybe some people sort of saw some of the issues. Um, and uh, in terms of the football itself, I don't think we're going to see the um, best iterations of these sides, should we say. But we're going to see um, some uh, interesting teams. So we're going to see Portugal, Germany, Russia, uh, Cameroon, Mexico, Chile, Australia and New Zealand. Uh, there's some really fascinating sides in there. Uh, not least the European champions and the world champions, alongside you know the likes of um, the, the Chileans who are very exciting in the football they play, and the Mexicans who I think are not not the dark horses for the tournament, but certainly going to look to outplay some of the big boys. Uh, to not put too fine a political point on it, um, I think Russian people is probably a, a huge part of the population that I would get on with. I don't agree with all the politics uh, and um, political grandstanding that Russia does on a global stage. Um, I think it's divisive. I think it's dangerous. Um, but at the same time, I'm uh, sort of very much for a political discourse. So, so uh, you know, football is a great way of doing that. Um, and as much as maybe I'd agree with some of the politicians there, I still look forward to seeing what Russia has to offer as a country. And I think there is probably quite a lot. I'd be very aware, though. I mean, you know, I watch something on Copper Night. I, I like, you know, I like a lot of Copper Ninety's content. Not all of it, but I like a lot of it. I watched something a few weeks ago from Copper Ninety, which was very. Uh, it was modern day propaganda for a country, um, and it was worrying that the biggest channel on YouTube would so, uh, with with such a lack of uh, editorial line, just sort of go down a route. People are probably accused us of the same thing on this podcast, maybe uncynically looking at things. But I'd be very cynical of uh, the way that people try and portray. They try. Okay, let's put it this way: separate the people and the politics. You've probably got a great country. I mean, to do a complete one eighty, let's talk about the best-looking Premier League eleven guys. Um, <laughs> Alex Sanchez sends this one in. I mean, you know, I like to. Alexi like Sanchez. To, <laughs> no, just Alex Sanchez. You know, I like, uh, to, I like to change up the tone. You know, change up the levels. You know, go from politics in Russia to uh, the best-looking Premier League eleven. To gross sexism. Uh, I'm very excited here. We have to say, Lawrence. Um, we all know Olivier Giroud is leading the line. We know this. It's a given. We're all metrosexual men here. Um, we're all very oh. secure in our own sexuality. Uh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, Jesus. Olivia Giroud. Who's the best-looking goalkeeper? Who's the best lad in the Premier League? I think best-looking goalkeeper must go to... There's two. Uh, I mean, um, maybe there's more. I don't... I think Lloris. Mm, or... Strong chin, strong chin. Yeah, or possibly Carrius. Yeah, let's give it Carrius. Um, Karius is he's quite a good looking lad, isn't he? Emre Chan, you can maybe chuck in there. He's got a decent, I mean, he's got a decent <laughs> barnet. 
you know. Let's put it this way. It's got a really it's inconsistent a real shame. bar on it. It's inconsistent. A, uh, Dave, that is ironic coming from you, Dave. Um, I, <laughs> more, more, more points scoring. No points needed to be scored there, mate. I was just saying truth. Um, what about... It's hard to uh, name I mean, a whole 11. Is it? No, come on, the back line. Dave, why don't you name name a name a, a, a hot right back? <laughs> a hot right back. Come on, Dave. Who's in your fantasy Premier League team? <laughs> what about uh, what about Fernando Llorente? Do you find him attractive? Oh, no, actually, 100%. Fernando Llorente, top-looking bloke. He's, he's yeah. something else. Those eyes. Get lost in those eyes. Sure. Um, Mate, we're putting in eleven Fernando Lorentes. That's how it. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Um, he's attractive. Final question, Genius. guys. Let's move on. Um, John Stones. The username. It's a controversial username. You know, all views expressed to their own. Fuck Trump awesome. forever uh, is the username here. Uh, sure. What is your favourite TV Whoa. slash Netflix series? <laughs> Is a fascinating question, Dave O'Brien. What's your favourite TV series right now? What are you watching? Oh, I don't know right now. I'm like stuck in between series. But if you haven't watched Narcos, that's bloody amazing on Netflix. That's a great watch. I got a bit bored of it. We got a bit bored of it, Lawrence. Yeah, You're bored. Sort of lost its. It lost its momentum. Uh, Lawrence, have you got a favourite current TV slash Netflix uh, Netflix series? Current. Um, I mean. I don't think Westworld counts anymore, does it? Come on, Lawrence. You said current. Mm, you finished that. Right? Was last, that was the last... That was the last... Yeah, of course I finished it. It was the last one I really enjoyed. Um, I'm, trying to think of, I'm trying to think of a TV... I don't really watch TV. <laughs> Who watches TV? That's the point. You just watch Netflix it, right? You don't watch the TV series. You just Netflix it or download it or whatever. Sometimes I really enjoy watching uh, the show, The True Geordie Podcast. It, it feels as long as a television oh, show. Oh, mate. Mate, mate, mate. Don't plug your own stuff on it, mate. That's none of no, no one else here does that. Do you know what I mean? Come on, mate. Um, Morgan Schneiderlin. You're not attracted to him. You're telling me you don't get a semi when you see Morgan uh, Schneiderlin. I'm going to say <laughs> catastrophe. Uh, great sitcom, very charming. If you've seen that, Sharon Horgan, Rob Delaney, um, stars a couple who sort of get together after a, a one night stand. She gets pregnant. Very, very amusing. So, Adam, I think you said that you enjoy watching. Um, Paul J. Watson's content on a on a regular basis thing. Um, I wouldn't say enjoy watching it, but I find it interesting to watch. You know, it's compelling, I, isn't it? I found after the election, you know, the uh, sort of criticism that was leveled a lot of people after both Brexit and you know the Donald Trump's uh, successful campaign. People saying you're inside the bubble, mate. You're on Twitter. You're following people that are of a Who similar mindset. Have you a similar? Everyone said it. It was an and I. I thought it was true, to be honest. I thought, you know, I only hang around with people like you who have a similar sort of left-leaning mindset to me. You know, everyone I know and like, they're, they're, of the same, they're of the same sensibilities, do you know what I mean? So every now and then it's good to get challenged, it's good to hear different viewpoints, it's good to hear other opinions. And it just so happens that Paul Joseph Watson is uh, a very prominent sort of alt-right, I think is the right terminology. I'm not sure he'd describe himself as that, maybe he would. Um, Definitely feels alternative. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with anything he says or the way he puts it across or anything about him. But at the moment, I think, you know, with the way politics and the way culture is going, it's important to sort of expose yourself to these opposite points of view um, and try and sort of try and acknowledge them 
and uh, you know uh, try and understand why people feel this way. Now, yeah, but mate, what's your favourite thing on TV? Um, I already said catastrophe, mate. Great show. Um, sure. Otherwise known as Paul J. Watson. Otherwise known as Paul J. Watson. Do you not think that, Lawrence? Though, is it important to sort of find conflicting uh, opinions? I think the problem right now with politics is that it's so divisive, and everyone's sort of shouting their uh, opinions. Everyone's shouting their corner, and they're, they're they don't want to acknowledge the other side. Whereas, if we're going to come to any sort of consensus, if we're going to, you know, build bridges and sort of go forward in any sort of constructive way, then someone needs to extend the olive branch and meet in the middle. No, ab- absolutely, mate. Um, it's just you had dapper laughs on your podcast. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, that's very harsh on Dapper Love. Um, yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. I just sort of think, uh, I'm not sure. I'm, okay, uh, we we really shouldn't get into this, otherwise we're just not going to have... Uh, Basically, I just want to see Paul Joseph Watson on the True Geordie podcast. That's what I want to see. Mate, I would also love to see that. So if anyone's out there and they are close Who has a contact to... But if they're close to the mental asylum, it would be fantastic if you could just let me know what his, uh, what his doctor's number is. You could have a quite a constructive opinion. You're obviously almost the complete opposite in terms of political opinion. I mean, it would visually you look very similar, actually, to be fair. But Wow, you know. that's actually very insulting. But thanks. Um, <laughs> Are you the same guy? Is he Am like I, your, Dave, is he your evil the twin? same guy? Oh, Am you, I are you the, the same twin? guy? The case Am I? gets deeper. Am I? Am I? Am I? Am I? Listen, um, if you don't know who Paul Joseph Watson is, just forget everything. Don't don't about. don't look it um, up. Yeah, guys, <laughs> you're wasting your time, mate. That's going to look up the True Geordie podcast. Way more offensive podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a pleasure to be back on the front three. It's been a pleasure to be in your ears, uh, Lawrence. It's been a pleasure to be back with you as well. Until Monday, when the weekend review will be back, as always. Where? Can the good people, where can the whole find you? Uh, I mean, you can you can go over to Twitter. You can find me at um, StatmanDave, S-T-A-T-M-A-N-D-A-V-E. Lovely stuff. Uh, Dave O'Brien? Bronze, have you stolen my handle again? Yeah, sorry, Dave. I've actually taken your account. Um, you can listen to me daily on the Statman Dave football podcast. It's always fun. Um, again, I mentioned the... Uh, issue today that I had when I had a, an argument with myself um, but yeah Statman Dave, Lawrence McKenna uh, Adam Boltwood, all great guys to follow and of course Chris Hennage and of course Chris Hennage unfortunately uh, lost his signal in New York City, it happens um, it was a pleasure to have him on briefly as well do go and follow him on, on Twitter at K Hennage, guys Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We will be seeing you on Monday. Until then, enjoy your weekend and enjoy the football.